The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. In Discussion with David Gibbons is sponsored in part by Bowman Global Change. Specializing in helping companies reduce their carbon emissions, Bowman Global Change applies real science to real business practices to produce results. From designing green programs to one-on-one training to helping set up green action teams in your business, Bowman Global Change translates complex science in practical ways that everyone can understand and use. For more information or to discover how Bowman Global Change can help your organization, visit bowmanglobalchange.com. Dr. Irvin Dardik is my guest today on the Hero Series. Dr. Irvin Dardik is a true maverick and a thinker of vast proportions. His background includes an illustrious career as a vascular surgeon, almost a decade of work with the U.S. Olympic Committee's Sports Medicine Council, an award-winning career as an amateur sprinter, and the culmination of all of this, Dardik's formulation of superwave theory. He quoted recently, Here I present the elegant reality that is the natural universe. All existence is waves, only waves. This entirely new understanding of waves that I call super waves is the single universality that generates the entire natural universe of motion, of order and of matter, space and time. Super waves is not a theoretical model or mathematical law about nature, nor is it a hidden reality within nature. It is the simple reality that is nature. Dr. Irvin Dardik joins me today with Susan Anthony. Welcome again to In Discussion and the Hero Series with Dr. Susan Anthony and our special guest today, Dr. Irvin Dardik. Dr. Irvin Dardik, Susie Anthony, welcome. Glad to be back. It's my pleasure. We have shared uh, two wonderful programs thus far, and we have reached at this stage, uh, just as recap for our listeners, the ninth stage that uh, Susie has in the 12-stage journey for the hero, and the last stage was the reward. And I think that our listeners now will be well attuned to the last two programs. So I wonder, Susie, if you could just remind all of us about the last stage that we covered, the ninth stage of the reward. Yes, for sure. So the hero survived death, overcomes his fear, and now earns the reward. I was talking about the ultimate reward being that of an indomitable spirit and how the hero, through his own hard work, has matured through all the tests, 
grown a very special strength of character, the reward of which is the power to remain steadfast with an unbroken spirit, the power to persist despite setbacks and endure pain and overcome fear. Irv has done that. He brought to life the teachings of Gandhi. First they ignore you, then they laugh at you, then they fight you, then you win. And without doubt, Irvin Dardic is a winner. I'm so grateful that you're here as well, sharing your story with us at such a depth. It's really, really awe-inspiring. Thank you. Thank you. Dr. Dardic, before we move on to the 10th stage, could you just express in your words how you saw that reward pass by in your journey again? I would say that if I had any word to choose to describe something that ultimately is indescribable, but I would choose the word truth, the search for truth, the belief that there is a truth that would have impact on everyone. Of course, with me, myself, it's the truth, looking for the practicalities of what's real, what's reality but also going beyond to think in terms of the truth that is expansive, that's universal. And that to me, I, I guess that's what I would call spirit. <laughs> it's embedded within spirit, as Susie was talking about. That has carried me through, I would have to say, without any real pain. Yes, there's difficulties. Yes, there's problems. But that is the core. When you have that, you're above the pain. Even though it's there, you can uh, live beyond that and go beyond. Let's, with that, move on to the 10th stage, the road back. And this is where the hero must return to the ordinary world. Susie, could I turn to you? Could you describe the present-day ordinary world through your understanding of Dr. Dardick's theories of superwave resonance theory versus your own spiritual interpretations. I can, and I think I'd like to draw from the marvellous book that award-winning scientific writer Roger Lewin wrote about Dr. Dardick's life. And he talked about this that before human beings began to have an impact on the environment, Earth's biological and physical systems interacted in a coherent and sustainable way, interrupted now and again by major extinctions from which there was a rapid recovery. That coherence and order is now being disrupted at an alarming, accelerating rate. That humans exploit and destroy the environmental and physical resources of the planet. We've created for ourselves an artificial environment in terms of where and how we live and how we work, severing our connections with nature. The coherence of the ecosystem we inhabit, the hierarchy of life waves that maintain the health of the whole has been disrupted. These disruptions threaten the future health of both the global ecosystem and ourselves. Indeed, they already have. My sense of what's happening on the world, on Earth, is that the world is in trouble. People are in trouble. 
we become trapped in materialism. It may be temporarily satisfying in the short term. It's definitely addictive in the long term. We're destroying the planet in ignorance and through lack of awareness, and we're destroying ourselves. I'm talking about also a lack of real purpose and passion in our lives where we've become trapped in what I call the matrix, the do, have, consume, distract, and that we very much need miracles so that we can transform ourselves and our world. Yet, the power to create miracles can only be earned through successfully completing the diabolical tests and ordeals of the hero's journey, through being willing to enter the special world, through passing the initiations, mastering the rules, and then being willing to come back into the ordinary world and share the gifts. That's really my summing up and where the synergy relates between what Irv is sharing and also what I'm bringing through. Let, let me ask you, Dr. Dardick, when you returned to the ordinary world, were you, in retrospect, aware that you were doing so? How did your vision change of the ordinary world how did you approach it at this at this level i guess uh, i came from the from a direction which is i i don't like to use the word opposite but it, it is in it's contrary it's not the same let's put put it this way as where my Standard, you, you, as I, as Newton had said, uh, if I have learned anything, it's because I have stood on the shoulders of giants. Well, we have all stood on shoulders, on and on. And when I hear Susie talking about where the it, it, the issues that are facing the world, the 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 crises, maybe what I thought and what I did was to get off the shoulders of giants. Let's go back to the beginning. Let's see where we are today based on the way civilization evolved as susie also said from a materialistic perspective from a physical physics the word physics physis nature the greek word for nature the physical world of nature as we've seen it the nature of nature is considered to be a material world where things are separate isolationism we set up a world and environment for ourselves and for nature and for the environment of closed, closed systems that have boundaries. And science has developed from that perspective and has, I guess, trained us. Susie used the word addicted, and, you know, an addiction in the long term. And that's what we've been doing. And I said, maybe... What we are seeing in nature is we have to look at the rhythms of nature, which are ubiquitous in all scales, and coming from a new direction. It was a moment of awe for me, and just like right now, taking a deep breath and saying, oh my God, because it's embedded in that phenomenon of rhythms is the spirituality of the world and the spirituality of the universe is embedded within those rhythms, and they are inseparable. How, then, does that actually behave? How do these rhythms actually behave naturally that we can understand it, that everyone can understand what this is and the meaning of it 
and the impact that it will have on our lives, the lives, the environment, and of civilization as it evolves. So let me ask you further to that. How did your own character change? The way that you actually approached people? Did you find yourself in more of a choice mode when in, in your work? Were you more deliberate in what you said, where you said it, how you strategize things now? Do you have far more discernment in everything that you do at this level? Yes. When I approach people and I listen to what they're saying, I relax and I take deep breaths and I say to myself, how can I best communicate with people? Because we communicate with language, with expressions that are based on our experience. And now suddenly, I use the word suddenly, it evolved. It wasn't like a, a, a specific aha moment. There were those moments, but it was a suddenly an experience that took me into the broader realm of connectivity, of coherence with all that's around me, including the people that I would work with and talk to. And so I, I felt the wonderful feeling of, of communicating this, but recognizing at the same time that that's not so simple. For me, the simplicity of what this represents it's logic, it's, it's the natural aspects of it, it's nature, were so powerful. And yet here, how do I explain this in language that everyone can understand? How, and it's, I've been wor working on my book now, The Nature of Nature, for over 20 years, and I'm finally coming to a conclusion with it, to able to do this, because I had to understand what everyone else I'm talking about scientists in particular, the, the people who are guiding our physical universe, how they are thinking, what is behind their thoughts, what are their beliefs that are so ingrained that they take it as reality as it is, but maybe it's not. Maybe what we've been seeing in the crises and the issues and the problems in the environment and our health in, in the civilization, the wars, maybe there is a deeper understanding to nature that we've missed and that as I talk to people, to explain and, and discuss some of this is not an easy thing. Because who are you? They'll say to me, well, well you have all the answers. Come on. I mean, you'd you think you're like Einstein. I'm saying it's not a matter of Einstein, it's not a matter of Galileo and Newton and Aristotle and Plato. It's a matter of understanding why and how they came to think of what they were thinking and their beliefs, their understanding about the nature of nature. And here now, how can, we, how can I express myself in such a way that people will truly say, oh, wait a minute, let me think about that. And I'm fine. I'm getting to that point now, more and more. And it's a it's the word satisfaction doesn't uh, oh that's not the word, but it is it's so uh, wonderfully spiritually powerful. And I'm in that position now, and I don't have any fear because what this represents, what this is, what nature's true reality is, 
is something that everyone can understand. And people are beginning to really look and say, oh my gosh, what, what is the meaning now? What can we do? How will this affect our lives? How will this affect the world? Susie Anthony, let me ask you an important question, I think, and in a two-step response to this is, is number one, also answering that question yourself in your own life. But also, it seems that we are using the term spiritual a lot here. What is the preface to becoming spiritual at this point? And what is the definition of that? What are the exact hurdles that you have to go over for that spirituality to, to actually appear in the human being? Well, it's definitely about death and rebirth. It doesn't have to be a physical death, but it's a psychological death to all the ego patterns of behavior that we copy and inherit and are conditioned to perpetuate. Darkness versus light, the duality. Darkness is only really an absence of awareness and an existence in ignorance of all the formless electromagnetic fields that surround us and influence us positively and negatively. And reconnection to spirit is just realizing there's much more than you can see. And I believe all the dimensions are here in this room. And the way that we access them is through working on our own ego shadow persona stuff. Like Irv said, when we have no fear, we can live in harmony with the positive waves in our universe. And we attract positive people and positive energies and positive outcomes. Whereas when we're stuck in ego, in fear, in doubt, or superiority, top dog ego, or underdog, victim consciousness, we attract all kinds of negative people and negative circumstances and negative outcomes. Was that something that you challenged and is simply part of the journey even now at one of these late stages? You know, if we look again at the Hopi legend of comfort, profit and greed being the path of ego and love, strength and balance being the path of the spirit, in their petroglyph there are little ladders going up between the two paths for, I would say, at least 50% of our lives where we can swap. We can live in spirit or we can drop down into ego. And then there comes a cutoff point where you couldn't possibly go back to the path of ego or back to the path of spirit. I would say for myself personally, I found that cutoff point probably 12 years ago when I fully, fully chose the path of love, strength, and balance. Every day I've had to work, stay aware, to be in the present, to be mindful, to accept every experience, even this um, long period of dis-ease in my life, as a blessing, as an opportunity disguised as loss, where I can grow and transform. Stay attuned to the truth. We are only 
ever one minute away from a great fall. It is about being mindful, being able to converse. People have forgotten how to talk, to, to really communicate, to really listen. Someone who inspired me was Viktor Frankl, and he said, between a stimulus and a response, there's a space, and in that space is our power to choose our response, and in our response lies our growth and ultimately our freedom. That the last of human freedoms is to choose one's attitude in any given set of circumstances. To me, that is spirituality, best self, the way of the hero, truly defined. And that's something that we have to be mindful to maintain and perpetuate all the time. Let's move on to Susie Anthony's 11th stage. And I think that the question I'm about to put to you, Dr. Dardick, is in some ways defining more on the prior question that I laid before you. The 11th stage, the resurrection hero, and this is where, as Susie points out, another test where the hero faces death, he or she has to use everything that they've learned. Now, like a true hero yourself, you faced many personal tests and resurrected yourself time and time again. What are your thoughts on a potential collective test in the form of global environmental disaster. In, in your LifeWaves work, just how do you inspire people to shake off the belief systems they each hold that are not regenerative and conducive to a return to balance and health, both personal and planetary? That's a powerful question because um, it's very difficult to inspire people <laughs> to get to look at new ideas, but in recent years, in these past five, ten years, there's the, the crises in the world have mag become magnified. They're, they're multiplying all over. I mean, you can't pick up a newspaper without finding one disaster after another, and we are in crisis. So when I do speak to people, have them think about themselves. I don't just say, hey, that's bad, you, whatever, but think of who you are. What is your existence about? What are the common denominators of life? Whether it's your life, the life of the environment, or the life of our planetary civilization that we've developed, and the planet. That is so crucial to be aware today that there are these problems, and they, people are, be, are really beginning. Many, many people are seeing this. The young people are, are looking at this and saying, oh my gosh, is there anything we can do? And so rather than just look at individual that solve this problem, that problem, technologically, scientifically. Let's see if we can develop a new tool, whatever, to solve this. And local solutions. Maybe we should be looking at the more general aspects of the world and realize something very crucial, that in the history of our thinking in science, the primary way that we look at the future is with chaos. The second law of thermodynamics that states very clearly that the universe is going to heat death. It is 
actually in the process of decaying, of falling apart. And that is the uh, considered, as Einstein had said, it is immutable. That is the single law that we, drives the universe. And we are only here temporarily through the fortune, good fortune of having some of that waste energy being used for order. Where I'm saying, what I'm saying is, no, the beauty of the universe is its incredible order. It's not heading toward this order. Absolutely not. The way the waves and rhythms of nature actually behave as they really are, what is reality, existence, is an incredible order that within it is a continuum of order, disorder, health, dis-ease. They are a continuum. But we, as life on this living planet, were actually designed not as a random statistical blip out of nowhere that just happened to happen, but is an incredible spiritual order of the highest, you can't, I don't know how to say it any more than of the highest order. And in that context, if we understand what that really is, how it actually works, how the so-called laws of physics and science that we have in, uh, today written down mathematically largely, how they are actually partial derivatives of this larger picture of the inherent continuum that is nature, that is the natural universe. When we understand what that is, we can then look, step back, and say, now what can we do? How do we use this? How do we apply this? It's a new understanding of how to go about understanding, not by divide and conquer, not by local control, not by boundaries and closed systems, but the recognition that the true spirituality, the truth that is nature, is an inherent continuum of rhythms that we all experience in our lives and in nature as we see and, and live with and within nature. Susie Anthony. The fundamental recipe for living a spiritual life is understanding that we are not separate from one another. So you're absolutely yes. right. We are all leaves on the same tree. And when we recognize this and live the truth that we're all one great being, it becomes impossible to practice anything less than harmlessness towards all others and towards this planet. But Beautiful. We, when we forget this, we do tend, however to create chaos and destruction. But on the ancient Gnostic uh, alchemical path, putrefaction is a very necessary process on the way to refining your diamond with fire and then becoming enlightened. And a quote again, a wonderful, wonderful quote from Making Waves by Roger Lewin. Francis Thompson said, All things by mortal power, near and far, hiddenly to each other linked, are, that thou canst not stir a flower without troubling a star, and realizing that the goal of life is living in agreement with nature. And we forgot that, but the, the most incredible thing is happening. There is a wave of awakening 
and people are beginning to practice spirituality rather than just talk about it. And what I love, what gave me hope of, is how you talk about the necessity for dualistic states, integrate, disintegrate, disease, ease. It's all part of a cycle. And what we've been taught to do is ignore or avoid or deny the painful bits and focus on, you know, the hedonistic, pleasurable parts of life. And that doesn't work. That's really immature and unbalanced. So this is an opportunity, I feel, the collective call is for us all to mature and assist the planet. Forgiveness is key, definitely. I think that you may have answered this question already, but I'm going to just, as you know, go off in a, at a tangent for a second, Susie. Two-part two question. First of all, how do we need to change our beliefs to create a sustainable future? And do you believe that we'll realize what changes need to be made and make them before it's too late? And as I say, you may have answered that. But a second part, and we're all going on this journey, and I certainly am. When you get to this stage, you realize a higher responsibility. What is it that keeps you on track between inspiring people and actually confusing them by trying to help them with something that only they can help themselves with? Well, I can draw inspiration here from the Essenes who guide teachers in terms of who to teach, how and when. And the Essenes said, give healing and comfort to the sleeping, awaken the drowsy, and initiate the awakened. And if people want to find out more about this incredible saying, read my book, Come Up to God, it's all in there. And to be honest, you have to be really, really clear in yourself before you teach others. You have to make sure you're coming from your own inner clarity because you can't transmit something you don't possess. And the Essenes also gave us a clue. Instead of telling people what to do, the way they taught was to ask questions. So by asking the right questions, the student would arrive at the prescribed destination, the enlightened state. To me, you were asking, what beliefs do we need to change? Well, the beliefs certainly center around we are not separate one from another. When we're, when we're deluded by this feeling of separation, this false belief, experiences of loss, betrayal, hurt are inevitable. We become caught up in the human conditions of greed, hatred, hatred ignorance, and there's such a poignancy to the struggle when we caught ourselves in blame, in resentment, in bitterness. And our pain becomes encased, almost like neural cement, and we get stuck. And so some kind of forgiveness practice is a choice we make for ourselves to stop perpetuating that suffering. The change of practicing forgiveness is one that I would put very, very high up on the list. And Martin Luther King said something like, forgiveness is not an occasional act. 
It is, in fact, a permanent attitude. Blame and anger and hatred keeps us physiologically aroused. And when we feel we're still in threat, it's not safe to forgive. And forgiving, not forgiving, rather, staying in, in bitterness, in anger, in hostility, is like drinking a cup of poison and waiting for the other person to die. Whereas forgiveness is the inner peace and the wise perspective that allows us to keep our hearts open in the face of injustice, betrayal and harm. And this is what Irv was talking to earlier. And we are simply poisoning ourselves when we, when we don't do that. Forgiveness is not a bypass of condoning or pardoning or forgetting or a false reconciliation. It's not an appeasement and it's not about sentimentality either. And it's, neither is forgiveness necessarily bringing to complete resolution every individual complaint or grievance. But it's a practice, daily and lifelong, to keep the heart open in the face of trying circumstances. And certainly in my life and Dr. Dardick's, the circumstances have been most trying. You know, I remember hearing that Irv was invited to speak somewhere and he said to the guy, you do know my history, don't you? Um, meaning that he could no longer practice medicine. And the guy said yes, but seemingly he didn't know the history. And when he found out, he called Irv and said, you can't come and speak at my conference. You know, this is about integrity. And Irv, like all the other blows, accepted this. And he was peaceful and wise and kept his heart open in the face of this injustice. Only it transpired, correct me if I'm wrong, Irv, but this very same man who was so tough on integrity and so judgmental of Irv, falsely judgmental, he then was taken to court because he'd put a lab rat's tail from his laboratory into a hamburger trying to claim that he'd been poisoned by some mm -hmm. fast food chain. Right. So all these dramas and these power struggles based in greed, hatred, hatred and ignorance, all these lower human conditions, these are the things that have to change. And yes, we do have to police ourselves daily in moment-to-moment -moment awareness to make sure we're not competing, judging, attacking, that we're not victims, that we're not being aloof, that we're not trying to steal other people's energy by controlling through interrogation or intimidation. There are masses of things that we need to do to change. But my sense is having this incredible wise perspective that allows us to keep our hearts fully open in the face of injustice, betrayal and harm. That has to be top of the list. I'm going to come back to one of those points <clears throat> at the end. We quickly move on to the final level that Susie Anthony provides us with, the return with the Alexia. The hero returns from the journey with the Alexia and uses it to help everyone in the ordinary world. Dr. Dardick, the superwave resonance theory, has 
many practical applications. It's not just a tool for returning to health. I'd certainly like to invite you back on to in discussion to talk about its applications in the diverse realms of meteorology and cold fusion. But briefly now, when rumours of peak oil abound, how could cold fusion a la Irving Dardic transform our lives and save our energy challenges daily? Well, the understanding, as I talked about before, from a practical direction of how the rhythms and the waves of nature actually work, I... I've extrapolated from that understanding that waves, the universe, and a biological organism, me, I am all rhythms with nested waves within one another, like, like Russian dolls nested within one another, and realize how we can take these waves, these rhythms, and, re- and understand the origin from rhythms of waves of matter. It's not matter making waves. Ultimately, it's the rhythms of the universe, the rhythms of nature that actually creates what we perceive and experience as matter, as well as heat, temperature differences. How can we utilize these rhythms? Just like if I exercise, my body temperature goes up, and as I swing down to recover the the cool down, the downswing, the temperature drops. These are waves of temperature differences, but they're a continuum. Understanding how to apply that, I realized what this cold fusion was all about. It's not actually cold fusion. It's an understanding how, how the sun actually behaves, how, it, how we can extract that understanding and apply it using the sim- simple water water and using these waves to actually apply electromagnetic waves to water in water we can use it with ultrasound we there's gaseous approaches that we can use but the application is such that we are not creating waste there is virtually no waste in this regard and we now have a laboratory that has just been moved from our original base which had been operating for the last six or seven years in Israel and in which we were we were uh, working in collaboration with ANEA, the Italian Atomic Energy Commission as well as Stanford Research Institute and uh, with the US government uh, with the Naval Research Laboratories and DARPA and what we now have moved this lab and it is Begin, it is operational just now at the University of Missouri. And we have powerful nuclear physicists and scientists from all over the world and from the University of Missouri working with us. This is going to change the world. Because understanding, what's so intriguing, is that it's coming from the direction of life. How life actually works. What is energy? What, what we, I am calling superwaves is what we have previously, call, previously called energy. What is energy from a scientific perspective is something mathematical, the capacity mathematically to do work. And we use mathematics to describe that. And I'm saying, no, no, no. Let's think of the energy as, as Susie Anthony would describe, <laughs> would describe the, the, the spiritual aspect of energy, which is the natural phenomenon in the universe that's designed to be, as I said before, ordered.
And its application can be, we can use it and apply it from a very practical perspective. In, in not just in energy and as it relates to superwaves and cold fusion, but also in how we use it technologically from metals to batteries to a host of different things. This is going to change our world, and it's in process now. It's not a, just a dream for the future. It is actually happening as we speak. And this is this is uh, it's so beautiful because I would never. How could one think that something that is has such a universal um, spiritual quality, the truth of nature, be something that we could use on a very practical, so-called mechanistic approach? It's not mechanistic. It is it is a a universal principle, a phenomenon, but that we actually are and how to apply it and use it from an extremely practical basis is what we are accomplishing right now. And it is happening. And we have already had enormous amounts of heat being used through cold, uh, excess heat and cold fusion that, is that we've extracted without fuel, without waste, without pollution. This is in process right now, and it's going to happen. Within the, within the next year or two now, six months, year or two, it's all going to be out there for people to see. It was on actually 60 Minutes uh, this past year. That is this possible? And the, the person who was brought in to uh, say, oh, no, this can't be, actually turned around, a, a top physicist in the, in the world, turned around and said, I believe this is real. It's actually real and it's happening. The beauty of this is that there is a principle and understanding behind it. It isn't just an accidental finding. It is act there's actually a theory, a principle, which is the superwave reality, as I call it, that explains why and how to do it, use it, and it's going to change our world into a positive direction, which is beautiful. Susie Anthony, let me ask you two questions as we close out here. First of all, briefly, uh, telling us more about your Alexia in the form of this Maps to God material. And just how do these maps of evolving personal consciousness contribute to transforming the ordinary world into the special world, the anti-hero into the hero? And my other question for you, everything that Dr. Dardick has expressed and explained there, would that be defining our move into a new dimension in this world? Well, definitely in terms of a new dimensional way of, of living, that, you know, the impossible becomes possible and things that we imagine become real. That's how we create our new world. We create it through our own imagination. Einstein said, imagination is more powerful than knowledge. And in terms of my gift, and the elixir I brought back to heal a wounded land and a wounded people is our disciplines for transforming consciousness. And Chief Seattle, who I'm fond of quoting, said, humankind has not woven the web of life. We're but one thread within it. And whatever we do to the web, we do to ourselves. All things are bound together and all things connect. So what I decided to do with that information is show people how to live it, what it means, rather than try and explain it. 
people don't like lectures. We're all teachers, we're all pupils. And I feel the best way to teach others is through example. So I was inspired to create the Hero Series in order to share profound living examples of modern-day hero behavior to draw conscious attention and awareness to the stages of the hero's journey so that everyone can begin to live magically like I do, like Irv does, where we've reconnected to the energy, to the power of the hero inside. Whatever your religious persuasion would want you to call this, you can. But David, I know you resonated with this, and you've also offered to extend your own personal, what I term, media messiah genius to these ideas and inspirations. And I feel that these interviews today stand in a league of their own. And again, the the book plug, A Map to God, my book, is a modern-day manual for modern-day heroes. It's not just for psychological empowerment, but it's It ensures physical survival and rebirth that as the world is transforming, so is everything on her back. Everything is transforming. We're changing structure. We're looking at gifts here not just for our own survival, but also planetary survival. Because as each one of us does the inconvenient work of waking up, we will transform not only ourselves, but our world. That's my gift, the how-to. Let me, as we close out here, first of all, Susie, can you talk to forgiveness? Talk to forgiveness before we pose the final question to Dr. Dardick. That when we begin to cultivate a willingness to let go of all our personal dramas and suffering, our well-rehearsed victim stories and identities based on victim consciousness, our personal moans, complaints, bitterness. We can create, we can consciously choose to create a state of mind and heart where kindness and forgiveness are biologically possible. In these states of naming, shaming, blaming, forgiveness is impossible. And neural pathways of contraction and protection are well established when we're coming from fear and anger resentment, bitterness, and unforgiveness. It's so easy to go on complaining, to become critical, but we have to be willing, as I said before, to soften that neural cement, to to melt it. We have to stop adrenalizing to be safe enough to be kind. We do this by setting an intention to stop being in contention with the world, to stop projecting our disgruntlement onto the world, onto other peoples, onto ourselves, back into our own bodies. We have to give up resentment, bitterness, and any sense of entitlement, the world owes me a favor. It doesn't. We do not deny our pain, but we do not linger on it either. We're not indifferent, but we're not stuck in the drama either. So understanding, compassion, grief, forgiveness, the open-hearted response to a human life's vulnerability to change. The willingness, the intention, resets the compass of the heart so that we can reclaim our larger self, our best self, the hero, 
our larger kindness so that we can open to compassion for ourselves. And these practices put us back into integrity and we can live our life on track with dignity and filled with potential possibilities. And there comes an awareness beyond the self and eventually to compassion for others who've acted in misguided or harmful ways. We can let go. And forgiveness is the only way, I feel, to dissolve this neural cement which keeps us in separation, naming, shaming, and blaming. And when that cement melts, we're free. Dr. Dardick, in our final four minutes, having traveled this journey that we have provided you, and clearly, it is very profound for me to be able to have the honor to work on this with Susie Anthony, and a great honor for us to share this with you. Your thoughts as we close out the program, looking back, has this raised any particular areas of your life, defined any points in your life that you had not thought about and given you more clarity to certain stages that you did go through, but you were not so aware of them until we traveled through this journey? Yes, I think the um, the most powerful, significant aspect of, of this was came from the fact that in my training, going through college, University of Pennsylvania, going through medical school, medicine, surgery, um, it was a very, in medicine and health as an example, it, we, we dealt with the material world, the physical reality as we expected it to be. And we knew that was what is. Everything, it's a material, physical universe. The recognition that there is something beyond the reality of understanding that there, what we have up to now been thinking of in terms of a spiritual, a transcendental phenomena that's outside the realm of the physical world, reality, science, that that is the real world and that what we experience and what the physical reality is, is in fact another reality. That is huge. The most difficult thing for a scientist is not for an experiment to fail. Oh, that happens all the time. The most difficult problem that one has to face is when the reality that we perceive to be reality is, in fact, some other reality. That is a huge shift in thinking. And for me, that experience to realize that the nature of nature, the true reality is an incredible phenomenon of of one that this of a oneness an only oneness in nature not dualities and dichotomies and complementarities not matter versus motion gravity versus electromagnetism that it's all one and that single phenomenon is the true reality that is nature and that's how nature works now that's what nature is that understanding gave me a powerful feeling of being able to see and work with others in a way that was not there before. That I didn't, because this is what reality and truth is. When I listen to what Susie Anthony is saying, I mean, she said it so beautifully, but I, I've been able to experience that myself now, 
Now, that's very surprising to me. That was surprising, but then as it was happening, it was not surprising because that's what nature truly is. That's a true reality of the universe. It is a rhythmic universe that is that we are all one, and that is that is the beauty of truth. Science is always looking for beauty. That word is used in science all the time. And they're looking for the formula, the mathematical expression, a law of beauty, and not seeing that the beauty is in nature itself. What nature, the truth of reality, what nature is. Susie Anthony. Truth alone will endure. All the rest will be swept away before the tide of time. I must continue to bear testimony to truth, even if I am forsaken by all. Mine may today be a voice in the wilderness, but it will be heard when all other voices are silenced, if it is the voice of truth. And with all of that, Dr. Irving Dardick, uh, Susan Anthony, it's been a great pleasure today to share this program with you. Meanwhile, I do wish you well, Dr. Dardick. Thank you so much on behalf of Dr. Susie Anthony and myself. Thank you. Thank you, and thank you, David. And to our listeners today, you can gain information on In Discussion and the Wonderful Heroes series at davidgibbons.org, also at the official website for the Heroes series, which is theheroesseries.com. Meanwhile, wherever you are in this world, good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. David Gibbons in Discussion welcomes listeners' comments and viewpoints at its blog at davidgibbons.org. This programming is supported by organizations and firms in the private and public sectors. In Discussion with David Gibbons is sponsored in part by Bowman Global Change. Specializing in helping companies reduce their carbon emissions, Bowman Global Change applies real science to real business practices to produce results. From designing green programs to one-on-one training to helping set up green action teams in your business, Bowman Global Change translates complex science in practical ways that everyone can understand and use. For more information or to discover how Bowman Global Change can help your organization, visit bowmanglobalchange.com. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.